Okay, this is Frank McKenna, the Chief Executive and Group Chairman of Downtown and Business. I'm delighted to be joined in the Downtown Den today by Jade Ainsworth. Jade is a social media influencer. She runs a company, a furniture company called House of Glitz and Glamour. Uh, and she's also very well known, particularly in Liverpool, for the modelling work that she does, particularly uh, focusing on the promotion of some of the fabulous hospitality venues in the city. So, Jade, welcome to the Downtown Den. Hey, Frank. Thanks for having me. And I always wonder when I see these social media influencers, people like yourself, who've got thousands of followers and do all these clever TikToks and brilliant photograph shoots and so on. Um, how do you get into that? Well, basically, I... I had a bit of a break when I was 14, 15. Um, Garland asked me to do one of the flyers for the Christmas promotion. And it was just something that I got asked to do last minute. And then that was basically the start of my career. My face was all over all these flyers, all over the cars in Liverpool. And then I got asked to do, um, do you remember Rock FM? It was like a roadshow that yeah. they done. So they asked me to get involved in that and I won it. And it just started from then, really. So it was a competition? Yeah. Okay. Um, I left, well, I was still in school at that point. And then I wanted to, I always wanted to be an air hostess. Like that was my dream. And obviously I never made it. <laughs> <laughs> I never became that trolley dolly. Um, but yeah, I, I started off doing a few little competitions and then it all just started just running from then. And that was when you were a teenager, was yeah. it? 14, 15. Okay. So when you're sort of going in for those sort of things, were you nervous? Did you find it quite natural? No, I'm absolutely petrified. I'm scared of every single thing that I do. I don't know how. I just wing life the best I can. <laughs> so you were nervous, but you still ended up winning them anyway. Yeah, do you know what? My mum has always pushed me and she goes, come on, you'll be fine. Just be yourself. And oh, I don't know. I just, I think it's all about pushing your comfort zones, isn't it? And seeing what you can do and being the best of your ability. I just think if you do something and you do it 100%, then, you know, you've done a good job. And they were sort of modelling competitions, were they? Um, Yeah, just modelling um, competitions. So I think the Rock FM was like, you had to do a little bit of talking, which I was petrified of doing because I was, you know, I was still a little baby. I'm still scared doing stuff like that now. But I've done that and then I got with a few different agencies in London, Manchester and Liverpool and then just work started coming in. I've done quite a bit of TV work. Do you remember Cutting? I do. Amanda Holden. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've done that. I've done um, a couple of commercials um, and then everything just continued from that really. Cutting, I love that programme. In fact, it was repeated fairly recently. I watched oh my the God, repeats it? of it. Yeah, I oh, did. I loved I doing did. I it. It was a great, great was... programme. Well, the first couple of series, series three just went nuts, but the first couple of series were great. You must have been in the third one when it went nuts. <laughs> you must have missed me. <laughs> so tell me about school then. What was school like for you? Where did you go? You went to school in Liverpool, obviously. Yeah, I went to St. Edward's College. Um, it was private when I went. And to be honest, I wasn't really academic. I just wanted to read the Vogue magazine and look at all fashion. And I think the teachers in there were a bit like, oh, come on, Jade, you know, you've got the ability. You just need to push yourself. But I got quite badly bullied through like three or four years of it. So... I never really wanted to go. So I'd say to my mum in the morning, will you just park outside? And if I'm not out within 20 minutes, then I'm going to have an okay day. Um, but the girls were all a little bit bitchy with me in there. So 
Was it an all-girls school? No, or? it was mixed, but okay. I think the problem that we had was they always used to say, like, the boys would be sheep. I was like a little goofy. <laughs> um, so I became friends more with the girls who were like two or three years older. Um, but to be honest, I think that's where I got like my passion for fashion because my mum would say, oh, should we stay off? Do you want to stay off today? We'll go to Chester. We'll go to Manchester. Do a little bit of shopping. And I think I enjoyed that a lot more. I think most girls do, I suppose. But I think I was more in touch with like, what's the nicest lipstick? What's the best foundation? Rather than, you know, what month and year the history project had to be in for. <laughs> and did you sit exams? Did you get any qualifications? Yeah, yeah. I got all my GCSEs. I got all A's and B's, surprisingly. I think mm. the school were probably surprised that I got such good grades. But um, I didn't do my A-levels after that. I left school and my mum bought a beauty salon for me. We've got a hairdressing and beauty salon. Well, we had a hairdressing and beauty salon. Now we've just got the hairdressing salon. So I've done loads of courses, like nail courses, um, learned all about different products and had the beauty salon. And then we really struggled getting really good staff. I think it's, you know, it, it's quite difficult an industry to be mm. in to have good staff. And then from then, I just got so much modeling work that I stepped away from it and just continues with that. But you've still got that beauty we've salon. We've still got the hairdressing you? salon, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And is that something that you spent a lot of time in in those early years? Um, I never done hairdressing, but I'd done accountancy and business in college. So I was always quite good with that. So I run the business side of it. We've got a manageress who like basically runs the shop. And then my mum was always being like fabulous and behind me 100%. So I feel like if it weren't for her with her amazing work ethic, I wouldn't have the work ethic I've got today. So, um, you're not academic, but you got A's and B's and your GCSEs. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what happens. I think then, maybe they just changed me yeah, answers. And then you've gone on and done um, a business and an accountancy course. Yeah. Uh, and you've been in your own business from what, about 16, 17? Yeah. So that's not bad, is it really? <laughs> it and sounds I, really good the way you're putting it. Well, I think. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, you're off. Do you know what I was I was doing quite a little quite a bit of work with Amanda Moss and for Lifestyle magazine and I done a column and done a page for her and then we got to a point where I stopped writing 
And I had loads of people contact me and email and me saying, oh, Jade, we miss seeing where you've at, where you've been, like what you're up to. So I decided to do a blog and it was a blog before anyone else on a blog. I'm going back like, my daughter's 18. So I'm going back like 19 years, 18, 19 years. So a very new concept then, blogs, <laughs> weren't they? Yeah, well, no one yeah. had one. Yeah. So I set mine up and God, straight away, I was getting like half a million hits a month. Couldn't believe it. I had so many people contacting me then. People were asking me, you know, will you review this? Will you come here? Will you taste this? Will you eat this? Will you wear this? And oh my God, it happens literally literally overnight. I even have brands in like America contacting me, asking me to do one like Valentino bags. I mean, I don't get that now. But <laughs> <laughs> I did back then. I feel like everyone's cut back a little bit, haven't they? Um, so yeah, it, it just, it sort of spirals from that really. And it was before the word influencer was even about. I think I was probably one of the first people who actually had a blog in the city and sort of just all came from that, really. So you're writing for Amanda Moss's magazine. What was that called? Lifestyle. Lifestyle. And um, what are you writing about? Passion and beauty. Okay. And then you set your own blog up. How do yeah. you market that? How do you get that out to people? I really don't know how that got out to people. I really don't because I used to sit and look at them stats and think, wow, how many people want to even know what I've done or where I've been? And back then it was mainly Facebook and Twitter. I didn't think Instagram was that big. Mm. Um, I think that came a few years later. I really don't know how people found it. Yeah. <laughs> I really don't. So people just... It must have been a, a, all the words that it was. I used to do quite a big edit on each thing, so maybe people were just picking up on that. And I presume you'd already had a bit of a profile because of the lifestyle magazine yeah. column. Yeah, and I think I'd all, I was also doing remodelling as well then. Yeah. So, and I think I'd done... Did I done any TV stuff back then? I don't know, I can't remember what, what how it all worked, what order it went in, but yeah, it all, it's all, do you know what? I feel, I look back and I think, God, I've, I've been lucky. I think I've been lucky in a few things that I've done. Again, you won't hear many fellas <laughs> saying that, but yeah, we'll take it. So you've you've had all this luck. Um, yeah, I've and, been really lucky. And you get to the point where you're doing a blog. Um, I think you're right in terms of two decades ago almost now, isn't it? Although social media was about, it certainly wasn't as big as it is no, now. No, um, And Instagram, yeah, still a relatively new thing. To, probably a decade old now, I guess, mm-hmm. isn't it? Um, so how do you then start to look at that blog and, and the way that's taking you? Does work just come into you? Are you not like having to go out and win work? Is are people just contacting you saying, "Can you come and do some modelling? Can you come in review our restaurant? Can you come into our hotel?" Yeah, do you know what? I've never really been good at selling myself. I, I can tell that. I think that's that's <laughs> fairly like evident. I've never like contacted someone and gone, "Oh, can you give me this?" or "Can I have this?" It's always people who've contacted me because I feel like oh, I don't know, I feel a bit of a bum and a bit of a freeloading and a bit che- cheeky. So if people come to me, then that's on them, isn't it? Um, whereas I don't think I've I've ever gone to anyone else and asked, "Can can I wear your stuff or can you pay me to advertise you?" It's always just come to me. <laughs> and how much television? 
did, did you do? So you did cut in it. You did a couple of adverts. Anything else? Yeah, um, I've done a couple of documentaries on Liverpool. I've done some of them with um, Jonathan Prescott. Was it? I don't know, Jade. You were the honours pro. Yeah. <laughs> it was that long ago. Yeah, I think the North and South Divide. It was both on Liverpool oh, and, okay. um, and London. Like, I think, I think, yeah, him and his wife. Oh my God, what's his wife's name? Do you know? Jonathan Prescott. Pauline Prescott, is it? That is name. Have I got the tool? Have I got so, the wrong person? Is it the politician? Yeah. So John Prescott. Is that who I've just said? And Pauline Prescott. You yeah. said Jonathan. It threw oh, me. Oh, oh. Maybe yeah. that was on his birth certificate. Yeah. Oh, so you did. <laughs> That's how close we were. <laughs> so you did something with John Prescott? Yeah, oh, I don't, okay, yeah, wow. I don't, I don't um, a documentary with him. That was quite good. And then I'd done something called Beautiful Liverpool. That was just, we were told it was going to be a totally different concept than what it was. Um, but still, it got quite, quite a few viewings. Um, then I was meant to do Desperate Howard. Desperate Scouse Wives. Desperate Scouse Wives. I can't even forget, remember what it's yeah, called. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, I was meant to do that. I didn't do it. Um, I just thought it weren't for me at the time. And then after that, I got asked to do Love Island. I was meant to go in in the first show and they wanted me to split a couple up. Um, <laughs> I just thought, I can't be turning up at the school, can I? After like going on TV, splitting this relationship up on TV. I thought it's just not going to be beneficial for me career. Anyway, I didn't do that. And then I'd done first dates, which. Now this is the one. <laughs> this is the one, isn't it? So this has gone massively viral all over the world. Oh my God. Yeah, it's tell, it. Tell us what happened with first dates then. So. What's that? And t- tell people who might not know what that program's about. So first dates um, is about the producers take, they ask what you're looking for in a partner. I just, to be honest, that was quite vague when I was speaking to them at the beginning. And then they'll like set you up on a date and then they see how your date goes and then you decide if you want to see that person again. So they'd asked me for like three years to do the show. Every time I was like, yeah, I'll do it. But then I get major date anxiety and no, no one can believe it when I say this, but I have like panic attacks if I'm going on a date, which you just wouldn't believe when you've seen me on national TV on a date. So three Three times he asked me, the first two times I cancelled, the third time I went down. So before this, I'd been doing nights in Liverpool. So um, a friend that I know had one of the bars in Liverpool. So I used to do like a Friday night and a Sunday night. So got it quite busy for them, but it was mainly full of men. There wasn't many women that came. So Whenever I'd be doing these nights, they were always coming over going, oh, Jake, can I take you out? Can I take you here? Can I take you there? So I thought the easiest way is to just do a list on my phone. So I had a criteria, 22-point checklist criteria. 22-point checklist? Yeah. Right, okay. It's fairly oh, extensive then. You've yeah, really thought I've, about I've it. I've had quite you? a few things onto it now. Now <laughs> I want a VAT payer. Who <laughs> 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 we can compare VAT notes with. <laughs> and I want someone with a 999 out of 999 on the credit score so, you know, we can enhance each other's life in the property world. I've, um, I've added a few things on. But back then, <laughs> it was... Um, I did think it out quite well anyway. One of the things I had on it was I was looking for someone with a low sex drive. <laughs> so when I went on to first dates, I was sat at the bar having my little talk, ordering my cocktail, and the guy goes in. So what are you looking for? Is it the usual tall, dark, and handsome? So I went, oh, just one minute. I said, I've got a list. Let me just grab the list out on my phone. Anyway, I get it out and read it to him, and he's like, 
Oh my God. When I said, got to the very end and I said, someone with a loose sex drive, his jaw hit the floor on his eyes popped out of his head. And I went, mm, have you never heard that before? And he was like, no, I've never heard that. I never heard that at all. What? Have you got a loose sex drive? And I said, no. I said, I've thought about this long and hard. I've got quite a few friends that are married. I said, and I feel like if you've got a high sex drive, there's a high chance of you cheating. <laughs> I said, so I feel like if you pick someone with a loose sex drive, I'm a workaholic. I work seven days a week. I can't be at work thinking, oh my God, my fella's steaming at home. It's basically like putting someone who's overweight, who loves cakes, in front of the fridge and going, oh, take your pick. You know, if you've got a nice looking cleaner and they're coming around and, you know, you're obviously going to go with the cleaner, aren't they? So I'm trying to explain this. Anyway, the guy's looking at me going, is any of your partners cheaters? And I said, no, surprisingly not. Not that I know of anyway. They all have low sex drive. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Anyway, that so because I made this statement, it was like underwear and swimwear model, once guy with a low sex drive. Some, it was made press in Dubai, <laughs> Turkey. Oh, every country I was getting these notifications after notifications thinking, oh my God, I can't believe I've gone viral with this. <laughs> but it was actually quite well planned out. It was only something that I thought, yeah. you know, I thought about it quite well. Yeah. It was logical. It was so logical. That's me. Yeah. I'm very logical. It was, yeah, it was good reasoning behind it. <laughs> But there is not a man on the planet who is going to go onto the television and admit to have low sex drive. I know. So maybe I should just say someone who works seven days a week who hasn't got time for sex all day. (laughs) (laughs) Well, listen, on that note, we're going to have a short break and uh, people can have a chuckle, a laugh, go and grab themselves a coffee. When we come back, I want to have a conversation about um, the business that you've gone into on the furniture side of things, which is fascinating, um, and how you've developed um, as a person over the past uh, couple of decades whilst you've been doing all this stuff as well. There's been an awful lot going on in the background as well. So stay with us. This is me, Frank McKenna, with Jade Ainsworth in the downtown den. We'll take a short break and we'll be back in a moment. Downtown in Business is the fastest growing business organisation in the UK. Working with decision makers from over a thousand companies across the country in Liverpool, Lancashire, Manchester, Leeds, Birmingham, Cheshire, Wolverhampton, Newcastle and London with more locations to follow. Through an extensive and exciting events programme and through our social media platforms, we connect our members with other businesses who can help them grow. And we engage with senior politicians and officials at local, regional and national level to promote business-friendly policies. To join Downtown in Business, Please visit our website, that's all the W's, downtownandbusiness.com. Why don't you get involved with the fastest growing business organisation in the UK? Welcome back to the Downtown Den podcast. This is me, Frank McKenna. Delighted to be joined today by Jade Ainsworth. We've had a conversation really about the early years of your career, uh, the beauty in her salon that you had and still have, uh, the modelling work that you've done, the social influencer, social media influencer that you became, and of course, some of the television work that you've done as well. Um, But you've got a couple of kids now. Um, You've had um, some really challenging things happen in your life yeah. and you've dealt with that. You've had to deal with that. Um, 
so ju- just tell listeners, those who perhaps don't know your backstory, um, about some of that. And, and we won't necessarily dwell on this too much, but I think it's useful to get an idea of what an impressive personality you are to, to just go through some of those challenges. Yeah, to, um, basically, I've met my daughter's dad when I was 16. I fell madly in love with him. He was me absolute world. And then in 2012, in November, I got the phone call. That just changed my life to say you've been shot on the driveway. And I was basically left broken, broken hearted. My head was just not in a good place. Me and Sad just, I don't think they'll ever be the same. I think you just learn to live with what you've been through. I don't think I'll ever be the same person again. But besides all that, I was basically left with nothing. I'd been with him for 12 years and he was just my life. And when I met him, he had a daughter called Misha. She was one. And then I went on to have my daughter, Jasmine. So all three of us were just like left totally broken without him. Um, and then I just had to basically build my life back up from scratch. I had to just repair my insides, repair my brain, repair everything just to get in a good place again. And I think when you've been through trauma like that, it can either make you or break you. And I think it changed me as a person and I think it's made me indestructible. I think I'm a made of titanium now. And I've just managed to rebuild my life. And at the time, I just thought for a couple of years, I was I was in a bad way. And I just thought I can't be a good mum to my jazz if I'm dwelling and letting her see. Like, to be honest, I ask her now and she didn't even ever see me emotional. But that's the hardest thing, I think, when you've got a baby and you don't ever want them to see you broken. I think you're dealing with that pain inside and then looking ahead each day and thinking, I can't let her see that. Like, I'm distraught or devastated. So you just end up becoming a person that you're not and switching off your emotion inside. And I think it's given me the strength because when I was with him, I had absolutely everything. I had the most unbelievable house. I had the best car. He treated me amazing. There was not a thing I wanted for to... And then because of circumstances at the time, we ended up with nothing, like nothing, no home, no nothing. And I've had to just rebuild everything from the bottom. I think when you've had everything, you don't stop until you get back to that place again. That's what I've done. Well, well done. Thank you. Um, well, a really challenging time, as you say. Do you think that, I suppose very difficult, if not impossible to answer this question, but do you think if you hadn't had kids, it would have been more difficult. Do you think the kids sort of act as a motivation for you? Yeah, I think they give you that drive to get up each day. Um, I probably would have been a lot weaker and I would have let it consume me a lot more than it did because you've got to get up, you've got to play mum, you've got to, you know, get on with your day, you've got to do the school run, you've got to pay your bills, You've got to put this front on that so, so no one knows what your insides are going through. Um, and I think you do that because you've got you because you've got babies and you've got children and you've got people who are looking up to you and you know it, it can it basically broke me and I never wanted it to break jazz. So I've done everything I possibly can so that she didn't feel any 
any loss. Obviously, she did because, you know, at the same time she was young when it happened, she was six. So it was harder for us other daughter because she was 12. So she's got a lot more memories and a lot more, she's aware of a lot more things. Whereas I felt like I was able to grand jazz a lot more and not let her see or feel as much. Um, but yeah, I think that's what obviously got me through it. Mm. And again, I suppose the other emotion that a lot of people would suffer from in terms of going through that type of trauma would be a, a bitterness. Um, yeah. You know, that's it's sort of that why me, isn't it? Yeah, um, do you know what? I've never, ever been a bitter person. And I remember sitting there one day thinking, right, you're in a bad situation here, Jay's. <laughs> Like you've got two options. You can either let it break it or you can just turn that emotion and turn it into making the best out of your life. You've got to dig deep. You've got to dig deep each day. There's going to be days you don't want to get up. There's going to be days you don't want to get on with your day, but you don't even give yourself that choice. And I think it made me mentally strong. Like I'm a bit emotionless now. I'm a bit like the ice cream, but I'm really strong mentally. I don't think there's anything that can break me. Were the people around you at the time who really helped you through that Yeah, period? fabulous. God, yeah, I've got an amazing support system. My mum was, like, unbelievable. My little nan, oh, she was there day in, day out. She's not <laughs> as good now because, like, I'm a carer as well. And obviously I've got, like, my best friend, Jenny. She's just being me rock through everything. And I'll phone her because I'm a little bit all over the place. I'll phone her and go, right, okay. And she'll go, right, come on, rain you're in now. This is what you need to do. And I'm like, oh, she's the decision maker. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, she's been fabulous too. And but without them people, I wouldn't be in I didn't think. But yeah, they've kept me going. Brilliant. And you said, um, you know, you, you felt as though you had everything. Yeah. Um, and then all that's taken away from you. Yeah. And so you wanted to build back up to the point where you had everything again. Mm. And obviously what you've done is, you know, you've dedicated a significant amount of your life to working hard. But it sounds to me as though you've, always worked hard that's something that is sort of within your dna do you know what i think whatever i do i give it 110 percent. i probably didn't obviously when i was a jazz's dad i didn't need to work i still done bits of work but you know whatever money i earned that was just basically for me to look after me and jazz whereas like he was an amazing provider he sorted everything so i didn't need to but then without him wow then it was like the pressures were on major bills. And because, you know, I've always liked a nice lifestyle where, to be honest, I've been lucky with me influencer stuff. That gave me a lifestyle that, you know, most people dream of, isn't it? Like, you know, I don't really pay for any any meals, restaurant, uh, restaurants, meals, um, drinks, clothes. So my main bills have just been like, you know, you house, car, things like that. So I've been lucky in that way. When you talk about your career, you use the word lucky a lot. <laughs> Do I? Yeah, I think so. And I, and I think, well... If Are I, you thinking you must, of being unlucky? <laughs> well, you must have had an awful lot of luck in your work. I suppose some people would say, well, look what happened in her personal life. She deserves a lot of luck in terms of her career, yeah? Yeah. But I don't think people have that much luck. Um, and I think that as I said in the first part of the programme, you know, you've probably underestimated um, yourself in a sense in terms of what you must do to get out there and sell yourself. And you said, I'm not good at selling myself. Again, there's different ways, isn't there, of selling. So, you know, 
I see how much that you post on Instagram, you post on Twitter and different social media platforms. And people might go, well, that's easy to do. Well, it's not, is it? It's just that's not. a full-time job. It's not. Well, it's not easy to, it's not easy to post stuff that's going to be engaging. It's easy yeah. to post crap. I mean, I do that all the time, usually about Everton, to be honest. Um, but it's not easy to put together some of those clever TikTok videos that you put together. It's not easy to make sure that you're engaging with an audience that enables people to then say to you, come in and have a meal, Jay, please, mm. because they want to be promoting their, you know, again, this, yeah. you know, the way you said that. Sounds as though people have taken pity on you and are saying, come to Matthews and have <laughs> oh, a burger. Oh, Jade, you can't afford your food this week. Come yeah, and eat on us. You know, whereas it's like they are using your brand to promote their brand, which is fine. You know, it's a transactional thing. But the only reason they're doing that is because you've got such a big following and the stuff that you put out is very good in terms of its quality. I think as I've been in the industry for so long, I've built up a really good relationship with a lot of the places that I work with. and. Everyone always says my personality speaks volumes, which I don't really know. What, <laughs> I don't really know how, but that's just me. And I think because I've got a long working relationship, people always ask me to come back. It's not like it's just, oh God, she's here for a minute. She's going to be gone soon. Like there's no getting rid of me, is there? That's a great point I've not thought of actually. There's a consistency really, isn't there, about you in terms of the fact that you've had longevity yeah. because you do see these people who sort of like shooting stars, aren't they? So they call yeah. and it's like, and then the next thing you don't hear anything yeah, about. Yeah, I am consistent, I think, in everything that I do. I try to be anyway. Yeah. I remember, yeah, um, <laughs> I remember someone saying to me once and they went, Oh, God, you know, what are you doing tomorrow? And I said, Oh, I'm going, I'm in work. And they went, Oh, you know, if you win the lottery, would you still go to work? Well, we will have to get that flight. And I said, No, no. I'd still go to work. And he looked at me and he was like, why Why would you still go to work? And I said, because these are the people who've helped me pay me bills and put foods on the table. So I wouldn't just go, oh, I said, even if I won the lottery, I'd still go to all these workplaces every day because, you know, they've paid me bills when I've needed them to. So I wouldn't just cut them off out of my life. I think that just says where I am as a person. It's a good attitude. But also, I mean, again, I think it's be fair to say you love what you do, yeah? You yeah. enjoy it. Yeah, I do, you know. I do. I have I have a really nice life. I mean, I know I've, I've had a really traumatic time, but at the same time, I like to, I always look at the glass half full instead of half empty, no matter what the situation is. And I can be in a really bad situation and I can think to myself, right, no, come on. I've got to make the best of this now. And I feel like that's the mindset I've always had. Yeah. What are you thinking? <laughs> No, I just think, as I say, I've, I'm looking at the stuff that you do and uh, I think, you know, it's busy, obviously. It's enjoyable at one level. Um, but then on the personal side of things, you've got your daughter who I know is a bit older now, so probably yeah, a bit more independent. Yeah, she's going to be 18 in four weeks. Um, then you've got your now. Oh, my little now, um, yeah. Who you do some caring for. So how do you... Sort of balance. What's the work-life balance thing? How does that work out for I'm you? trying my best to work on it. I'm struggling with it. I have to, um, every Sunday I'll sit down and I'll write all the things I need to do that week and I'll try and plan my week. But there's just not enough hours in the day. I'm constantly chasing my tail. Um, and I've tried to leave me modelling. But 
I said to them, if you find someone else, that'll be great. And anyway, they wouldn't let me leave. <laughs> There's got to be someone out there with the same measurements who looks fresher, younger. You know, bum's probably a little bit more lifted than mine. <laughs> um, but no, it doesn't seem to be the case. So, um, yeah. And you've got some the- big contracts, haven't you, in terms of the model and stuff? Yeah, I've been so working with Matalan. Matalan and yeah. um, Shop Direct, which is very... And Little Woods have been, I've been in there for 17 years. Wow. I know. Really? I know. I feel like I should have shares in that. Thing. <laughs> um, and then I've been in Matal and they actually headhunted me. They sent someone to find me in, um, in Shop Direct. And I've been there now for, I don't know, nine, nine years. Yeah. Well, again, that comes back to that consistency, doesn't it? You know, you're reliable. They know that you're going to turn up on time. You're going to do yeah. the job that they want you to do. Yeah. I, I, I do try and, you know, I am sometimes five to 10 minutes late, but as long as everyone knows that's our work, then (laughs) we just work the meetings 10 minutes later. (laughs) And in terms of um, that work-life balance and in terms of how you've managed to bring your little girl up as well, Jordan, all the things that you've been doing, um, what's her sort of attitude to mum and work? Um, because again, this is something I think all parents go through, particularly at the moment, because it is tough. You know, you're having to work twice as hard for the same sort of money, bills are higher, all that, all the sort of challenges that every business owner will know. And again, I think we all have the same sort of uh, guilt trip at times, thinking, oh, are we spending enough time with them? Are we doing enough with... What's that been like? What's, what's she sort what? of like I in terms of... I always have this conversation with Jazz and I say to her, when you have a baby, have a baby when you're in like your 30s, don't be getting pregnant in your 20s. Well, I was 20 when I got pregnant. And um, she goes, no, mum, I want an amazing relationship like me and you have got like we're best friends. No one's got... I was with me and all my friends, no one's got a relationship like ours. And I'm the same with my mum. She was 20 when she had me. So we've got like the same, and my nan was the same. So I've said to Jazz, right, you've only got two years, get on that pill. (laughs) You've got to have your life set up. You can't be getting pregnant at like 20 because there's so much pressure on you, like financially. Whereas I feel like if you live your life and then you have your, you know, your children a little bit older, you're a bit more secure, aren't you? And you've got a bit more time. You can enjoy everything. Whereas I feel like when Jazz's sister, she was younger, um, I don't felt like I'd done so much more with her, but I had the time. I used to go so many more places, but I mean, Jazz said it's never affected her. So and she's quite good with me. She's really lenient. You know, she goes to school and pictures of me and going around school, pictures of me on Instagram, pictures of me with hardly any clothes on. <laughs> she's just like, well, that's my mum. <laughs> Yeah, let's just, for, for the information of listeners, this, they're not porn sites, right? It's not only fans. This is, this is just underwear, models underwear. Yeah, yeah so, I'm not on it. Yeah. Don't be Googling me thinking you're going to find me on only fans tonight. <laughs> Even though it probably would have been a nice, easier ride for me, literally. Yeah. And yeah, for everyone else. Yeah, you'd spend a lot more money, I suppose. I know what. Um, so... Let's get on to this other business that you've now launched, which yeah. is House the furniture of, business. House of Glitz and Glamour. House of Glitz and Glamour. So how did that come about? So I have always had a passion for furniture and I love anything to do with the house. And I said to my friend one day, mm, I think I want to go into like the furniture industry. And she was, she laughed and she went, I don't even know why I'm laughing because anything you do, you smash it. And I went, do you reckon? 
I think there's a furniture show on tomorrow in um, Manchester. Should we go? She went, yeah, okay. Anyway, we got a blog, a press pass to go to it. Turns up, walking around, and everyone's going, oh, have you got a business card? So oh, I said to this guy, I've been, like, I'd had a few drinks the night before. So I said, oh, one moment. I said, I'll be back now. Anyway, run to the toilets. Found the guy, Dave, who does my blog for me. Hi, Dave. Do us a favour. Set me up a landing page and an email address. I used to have a furniture company. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, well, I just need an email address. Will you just do it for me now? Yeah, what do you want to call it? Um, um, House of Glitz and Glamour. <laughs> Info, House of Glitz and Glamour. Sent me that email off. Two minutes later, it's done. So I go back out. I was like, sorry, I really needed the toilet then. I said, oh, I was a little bit hungover. I just felt a little bit nauseous. I said, so anyway, info, a house of glitz and glamour. That's my email address. And he went, oh, have you not got a business card? I went, oh, I forgot them. Well, can't get them printed in like 20 seconds. <laughs> so um, that's basically how it started. It was so hard to get me first, um, my first account though, because... They ask for everything, don't they? They ask for your VAT number. You've got to have, like, references. And there was this one guy. And I thought, no, I'm going to stalk the life out of him until he gives me this trade account. And he's on holiday in Scotland, so I was contacting him. Hi, hi um, can you give me... Um, are you able to give me this trade account? And he was like, Jade, no, sorry, you haven't been in the business long enough. And I was like, please, please, I'm not going to stop phoning you. And I thought, right, how am I going to win this? Put an underwear picture on on my WhatsApp picture. <laughs> Definitely going to be interested. You know, men love underwear, no clothes, flesh, just get it out there. Is that how easy we are? Yeah. <laughs> I think so. So, um, yeah, basically that's what I've done. And it's just it all started from there anyway. You come back from Scotland and give me the trade to come. <laughs> oh, me. Basically winged oh. it from there. Um, um, but I was quite lucky to get into it at the beginning of lockdown. So I had... And the idea from your perspective was what? In terms of furniture, what did you want to sort of do? Um, To be honest, I didn't really have a plan. It was just, it all just spiralled quite quickly. I was a control for me. Um, I started just doing like candle holders, lamps, went on to dining chairs, dining tables, and then I managed to get a contact for garden furniture at the beginning of the lockdown, and then that was it then. What a great time. I know. Within three months, I had to basically learn anything to do with VAT. I was VAT registers, and I was able to just sit there morning, noon, and night. I think I probably slept four hours a day because I was just so busy. Um I'd like to be like that. I mean, you know, I couldn't be like that now. I'd do other jobs. <laughs> yeah. um, so I was just, it was nice to be able to give it 100% rather than trying to flick us through all different parts yeah, of my life. Yeah, it's interesting that actually, isn't it? I never thought of this. So in terms of, um, that was probably a bit of a lifeline, wasn't it, for you? Because yeah. otherwise, oh my you're God. not going out to restaurants or hotels no, or modelling, are yeah, you? Yeah, I know. As of, um, I think as I've been on the streets because <laughs> my granddad passed away at the beginning of COVID and then I had to look after my nan, the hairdressing salon. We didn't really know that yeah, was short. No, yeah. like all three households, my mum's household, my yeah. household and like my nana's, you know, about 400 pounds of cigarettes a week. So um, I was under a lot of pressure and everyone, the whole family like, oh, it's all right, our jade will sort it. So I'm like, you know the godfather of the family. <laughs> so I was under pressure thinking, wow, I've got major bills I need to pay you. Come on, dig deep, get get it done. And I did. And it was the furniture business, yeah? Yeah, it was the furniture business. Yeah, yeah. It saved us all. Yeah. You wow. turn over in the first like 12 months, it's like just around 600,000. Fantastic. 
I wish it would be that now, though. Well, it's never. It was always going to be the same, wasn't it? Because I mean, I would like another lockdown and a new one, also, but (laughs) really beneficial for my business. (laughs) So, how do you split your time now, then? In terms of between all those things that you do. Oh, I try. Or is it just I try and be organised and say I'll have set hours, set days. But I think the good thing about the furniture is I can do it any time of day. So it's just my sleep then that loses out. So. If I've got an event on in the night, I'll concentrate on it in the day um, and then vice versa. So I just have me to-do list, which is about five pages of A4 every day. And I just get through as much as I can. Try and wing life. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, listen, it's been great having a chat to you. Thank um, you so much. And uh, we'll get all the details of the furniture business and Jade's Instagram accounts and Twitter accounts uh, on the bio of uh, this podcast. Um, and that's been Jay Ainsworth with me, Frank McKenna, in the downtown den. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, great seeing you. Cheers, Jay.